Hey, good morning, Five Oaks family. Um, Jonathan, I'm the Small Groups Pastor, and I'm glad you're joining us online this morning. Uh, we have been in a series called 21 Ways to Pray for the Next Generation and Anyone Else. And every day we've been praying a different portion of Scripture. And uh, today we're going to be in Psalm 27. And our hope in this series has been that we would, as a, a family, learn and practice praying Scripture. And that we'd have our parenting and our mentoring uh, would be more shaped by Scripture. And we'd have our Five Oaks kids and students be bathed in prayer so that they would grow up loving Jesus and serving His mission. And so today we're going to be looking at how to have confidence in God and look at three specific ways to pray for that in the next generation. But let me set that up with a question. How did you sleep last night? I think more and more people are answering uh, like this guy here. And what does that look like for you? Maybe it looks like this. And a lot of that's conversation in our head that happens. And uh, the interesting thing is I came across this research that looked at participants who were worrisome and asked them to write down at the end of the day the things they were worried about and uh, how long they were worried about them. Then 20 days later, they were to review the entry and report whether or not the worries uh, became true. And here are the results. 91.4% of their worries never actually happened. Now, if you are really in a worrying mood right now, you just heard me say almost 10% of your worries come true. <laughs> okay, well, here's the point. While this kind of research can be helpful to give perspective, for most people, this statistic doesn't change a whole lot. And most advice about worry is very much, it's unlikely to happen. It's robbing you of joy. Just stop it. It reminds me a little bit of the uh, amazing Bob Newhart sketch, Stop It. Um, you actually could just stop the video, go watch that on YouTube, just make sure you come back. But it's a hilarious video. And uh, but, but let's get to the problem. We are seeing an increase of worry, fear, anxiety, and depression in each new generation. And just reminding ourselves of this can bring about our own worries, especially in this season of COVID the civil unrest, the political firestorms. And just saying most of it won't come true isn't actually the way that David portrays how to deal with this in Psalm 27. And what he does is surprising. And it brings him great confidence. And we're going to see how that happens later in the sermon. But this is what we're looking at today. How do we pray for the next generation to have confidence in God in light of the fear, anxiety, worry they're facing. But before we jump in, we need to pray. It is God who we need to encounter today. His Holy Spirit needs to illuminate the truth of Scripture and our faith that it is true. And as we look at it together today, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being a God who is always faithful. Thank you that we can trust in the unchanging character of who you are. As we look to your word, we ask that you would open our hearts to the work of your spirit. Give us understanding. Remind us that you are making a way for us as we seek you. Guide us to follow wherever you lead. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Psalm 27, verse 1 through 3, 7 through 8, and 13 through 14. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart and wait for the Lord. Okay, so now let's take a look at these three prayers that will produce confidence in God in the next generation. First one, pray they would be fearless. If you know a little of David's life, the writer of the psalm we read today, um, here's a quick synopsis. He's the baby of the family. He's constantly looked over, prophesied to be king, slays a giant uh, that no one was willing to face. Uh, the king was jealous of him, tries to kill him. David then becomes the king. He has to deal with uh, multiple civil wars, he has an affair, he experiences the death of a child, his other children rebel against him, and this is the PG version. And yet this is the man that continually comes back to the Lord, placing his full trust in him for protection, deliverance, light, salvation, and hope. And he is fearless. David's confidence in this psalm is tremendous. But here's what's really interesting. It's how he writes about the confidence he has. David's psalm does not say, let evildoers not assail me. Let no army uh, encamp me. Let no war arise against me so that I'll be confident in you. He, he actually says, when evildoers, when armies, when war, in light of that, I will be confident. Evil will fall. My heart will not fear. I will be confident in God. You see, what we need to be praying is, Father, when everything seems against my child, I know you can calm their fear. When things war against them, I know you can give them confidence. Because the reality is trials and tribulations are virtually guaranteed for everyone. Jesus says this to us in John 16, 33. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Okay, so, so we know God can give us the fearlessness we need, but how, how does he do it? it? It hinges on this. David has confidence because he has seen God do it before. David has seen God's faithfulness. So our prayer becomes, Father, I pray that my child would be fearless as they see your presence and deliverance from trials. You see, we don't want our children to face hard things because we love them. But facing hard things is an opportunity to see the miracle working God working. It's an opportunity to have the next generation gain trust and confidence in God. And so that's the first prayer that brings confidence to the next generation, that they would be fearless because of God's faithfulness in overcoming trials. And the second prayer we can be praying is, Pray they would seek God's face. 
let me, let me share this uh, quick story. My wife has pretty strong uh, eyeglasses prescription and um, she wears contacts but puts on glasses at night like most people. Um, they are really more like goggles than glasses. Um, I, I did get permission to say that. But when she, uh, she takes them off at night and then we end up talking a little bit more, she'll say, okay, hold on real quick. Let me grab my glasses. I can't see your face. Because there's something special and intimate about being face to face. I mean, I mean, we know that better now than at any other time in our lives in light of COVID-19. But we also want to see clearly the face we're looking at. There's intimacy, there's understanding, and it, and it pulls you in to be present with them. Okay, what am I getting at? See, to look upon God without the right lens would be painful and frustrating. Inherent in seeking God's face is to learn about who he is and what he's done. Learning about who God is calibrates the lens for us to see him more clearly. Scripture provides us that lens. That's what we want for all of our kids, that they would see God clearly for who he is and be fully intimate and present with him. You see, when we seek his face, his presence, how personal that is, how intimately he knows you, we don't have to minimize our fears, anxiety, and worry because we see that God is powerful enough to help us face them, loving enough to look upon what we're facing, even if those things never happen. Like we said, David earlier was saying, when the wicked advance, though an army besiege, though a war break out, for in the day of trouble, David is bringing anxieties and worries that aren't even currently happening. And as we saw earlier in the study, they might not even happen. But we're being honest with God, present with him, and that's what we want for our kids. And here's the good news. David has faced all kinds of things. He's faced literal, literal armies, assassination attempts, loss of his children, betrayal of his children. And yet he says, I remain confident I will see the goodness of the Lord. N.T. Wright says this idea like this. The closer you get to the truth, the clearer becomes the beauty. And the more you will find worship welling up within you. How is this? How does David see the beauty more clearly in the goodness? Well, David has set his love for God as supreme. One thing I ask from the Lord, this one thing do I seek. One thing I ask, this only do I seek. He has sought God's face and God has revealed himself and his character to David and that produces confidence. So how do we pray this prayer for confidence? Well, we pray, Father, I pray that our kids would seek your face, that it be the one thing they seek and the one thing they ask, that they would be present and vulnerable with you, that they would gaze upon your beauty. That's what we wanna pray. We wanna pray they'd be fearless. We wanna pray that they would seek his face. And thirdly, we wanna pray that they would wait on God. But what does wait on God mean? It kind of seems like an empty platitude, but in the Hebrew, the word is kava. It means to look, to expect. 
And let me share this quick story with you. So it was a couple of years ago at the State Fair. Yes, huge bummer that we don't have the State Fair this year, but this is where the story happened. I was there with my family, another family, and we were doing some kids' activities. And I moved about 10 feet away so I could see all the kids in one view as I was talking to my friend with his kids there. And almost all the kids went to the next activity except for Joshua, my middle. It was about three or four. And I could still see him and see them, but then suddenly Joshua looks up. He doesn't see his siblings or friends. I'm 10 feet further away than the last time he looked, and he just sees a sea of people he doesn't know. And I can see every emotion unfolding, panic, eyes darting in every direction, uh, defeat, the realization that he doesn't know anyone and he's not gonna know anyone. And then just the overwhelming sadness, and he starts crying. And it was heartbreaking because as I first saw it start, I yelled out to him, Joshua, Joshua, if you would have just looked in my direction, if you could have hear my voice, but it was either too loud and, and he was too panicked and he started going in a random direction crying. I had a direct sight to him the whole time. If he would have just looked at me, he'd be fine. The thing is, I would want him to know, Kava for Papa, hope and expect. I'm here I'm coming for you I'm going to be with you for but that's how we can get about God isn't it we sometimes panic we feel defeated and overwhelmed and we try to take control because things feel out of control that that is many times how we seek confidence it's through control but but this is what God wants us to know I'm here. I see you. I'm with you. Wait for me. Look for me. Expect me. And that's what we want to pray for the next generation. We want to pray, Father, would you help my child wait on you? Not passively, but actively seek you out. Be confident, full of hope, full of expectation. In, in Paul Miller's book, Love Walked Among Us, he says this about Jesus. In love, Jesus looked at people. In faith, we look to Jesus. He looked at us with love, and we look on him with faith. We want him to be the source of all of our trust. And that's what we want to pray for the next generation, that they would have confidence in God. We want to pray they would be fearless because of his faithfulness. Pray they would seek his faith, face and his beauty. Pray that they would wait on God, actively looking to him in all things. See, the next generation is not looking for facts about God. They want the face of God. They need the face of God to see his faithfulness, his beauty, and that he is trustworthy to wait on. And there's no better place to see that in than the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus shows his faithfulness in fulfilling the promises of Scripture. He shows his beauty and how he sees people and treats others. Jesus shows he's trustworthy because there's nothing he won't give up to save us and shows us that with his very life. And that is why we celebrate communion in every gathering, to remember the faithfulness of God displayed in Jesus' body broken for us and his blood shed for us. I invite you now to take uh, the elements. First, his body broken for you.
have his blood shed for you. We want to be praying for the next generation, that they would see God's faithfulness. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for Jesus. And we thank you for this song today. Would you help the truth of this psalm that we can be confident in you and that we can see your faithfulness? Would you help that seep uh, not only into the hearts of the next generation, but our own hearts today? We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.